0: There's nothing like a bit of data to uh, cool your order. Uh, And I'm going to do a fair bit of that. um, Sadly, probably without the the personalities of the people before me. Um, Just to say to Elizabeth, though, uh, from my perspective, um, and indeed from Anne's experience, uh, Gert van den Bosch was a young fellow from my perspective. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to trump you in a minute, Anne. Uh, Who am I? Am I up here? Um, Well, most of us have a terrible experience with our children. And it continues to happen. So I've been 45 years, or was 45 years in teaching. The last 23 as a school principal, a school head, not too far from here. Um, As I retired, I lectured in leadership. And until recently, I was a member of two important province-wide Uh, education boards. I write and present uh, science and evidence uh, to all the MLAs, ministers, PHA and Department of Health. So in terms of what Anne was saying about terrorising, that's what we can do. Do I get replies? Well I clog their phone lines. Uh, So what have I done and In particular, why am I here? Well, I mentioned two of the boards. I made 11 lengthy presentations, a bit like this, to the education boards, all about what are we doing to our children. I presented a case for no school closures, no masks, no tests, no vaccines, no isolations. I opposed all of the measures. I have to say a wee bit like, Anne, the vote was Zero at my end, and a room full at the other end. Yeah. Um, but there were 11 of them. And what, are, what have we been doing to our children? All of the things, if a child was feeling depressed, all of the things that a doctor might say to them for them to do, uh, travel, socialize, go to a bar, go to a restaurant, go to school, go to church, play sport, all the stuff that we should have looked after their mental health, what did society do? Stop them. So the biggest single killer in Northern Ireland, suicide. And somebody says we're, depra- we're surprised about that. You're kidding me. I've also written nine articles to be fair to the newsletter, all published in the newsletter, feature articles, on the themes that I've just said. Under the generic title, what are we doing to our children? One of them has been published by Collateral Global. Some of you may be familiar with that worldwide scientific organisation. So it's fact-checked by Professor Balacharwa. Uh, he's part of the uh, Great Barrington group. Um, it was called Children are Better Off at School, and that's where they should be. Two, the last two have been published by Pandata. Do our regulations harm our children? And why are we vaccinating children at all? PANDATA is a worldwide scientific organization containing senior professionals and experienced virologists, semi doctors, and so on. One of my articles was jointly written by Professor Inos from Edinburgh, and another were by Professor Gupta. Again, you may know her. I am the Northern Ireland representative for PANDATA. It sounds better than it is, actually. But what it has enabled me to do, in, as Anne said, I prepared, they prepared an information pack on mass vaccines, lockdowns, mental health. And they were sent to every MLA and MP in Northern Ireland Every decision maker of an important body that you can think of, unions, PHA, uh, all of our education boards, and as you know, we have a multitude of them, civil servants, the Department of Health, and so on, 125 of them, have got an information pack saying all this stuff. So as Anne said, they cannot say they don't know. I know nothing much about viruses, except that they're 417 times smaller than an oxygen molecule, which tells you all you need to know about masks. (laughs) I also know that, according to Professor Craig, you need 5,000 of them to make you infected or infectious. (coughs) Our PCR cycle test is currently set up to identify Four. Not four thousand. Four. <coughs> so you can imagine the validity of the PCR test. And by the way, try getting from the Department of Health the number of cycles that we use here. You'll go you'll go round the same loop. I'll briefly come back to that later if I don't run out of time. From from my standpoint you can challenge this as you are doing on two counts, morally, i.e., it's wrong, it was wrong from the start, or scientific grounds, or you can do both. And a half wit can say 18 months later, not worked. Black, yeah. like, it's not worked. Get real. Their policy is predicated, firstly, on the effectiveness and safety of a trial vaccine, and of course, they only use the word vaccine because it's nicer. You're all used to that. It's not a vaccine. But you're all u- we're all used to vaccines, so it's acceptable. And secondly, the validity of the PCR test as an accurate reflection. It's all wrong. And in a wee while, I'll give you some data. I'm, I'm about to start the data. A bit of context first, how the WHO, that you've heard about, the World Health Organization, changed the world. They made three and a half decisions The first one was, and this is how you get a pandemic into people's heads, it redefined cases as anyone who tests positive rather than people who were symptomatic. Some writers would say hospitalised. So they redefined the cases. So what do you need next? You need a large number of cases, don't you? And that's where the PCR cycle test comes in. You raise the PCR cycle test so that Anybody with anything is going to test positive. So the papers will be filled with huge numbers of positive tests. And then they advise CMOs to register anyone as a COVID death who dies within 28 days. That includes my mate who hit a lamppost of a motorbike. He's COVID death. Now, those are three ways in which they created the pandemic. Think about it redefine cases, made sure there were millions of cases with a false test and then make sure the doctors recorded them all as COVID deaths. That's how you got your pandemic. And of course, how do you say it because you can't see a virus? Change your advice on mask wearing. For years, everybody knew masks don't work. But all of a sudden they do work. Despite the 47 tests, scientific studies saying they don't, all of a sudden they do. And since I'm starting about masks, everybody knows if masks work, what would happen if you introduce a mask mandate? If to the number of cases. So cases are running along like that. Masks work dead on. Get everybody wear them. What's going to happen to the number of cases? Not one country in the world. Not one country in the world. Not one state in America. In fact, the states in America that don't have masks are better off than the states that do. Not one country in the world has shown a fall in cases following the introduction of masks. Apart from anything else, a halfwit would know that a piece of cloth doesn't stop a virus. How else do you get a large number of cases? You test zillions of people. The UK, and this is world worldometer again, The UK is testing more than Italy, Spain, and Germany put together. Imagine. No wonder we can find cases, especially if we cheat on the test. So, and I say that as a head teacher, because you don't cheat. Uh, And anyway, we'll keep you in. Um, So, you got to challenge, if you're going to challenge it, you can just... In fact, I think you should just say it's wrong. That's sufficient. You don't have to have science. As last speaker we said, you just need to think it's wrong and say I don't want it. But if you want to put a challenge of science, necessary, safe, and effective seems to me a bottom line. <coughs> so briefly then, let's look at whether it's needed at all. This is a bit that we signed up for, the bit of data. And really, the first three lines of that, they should have ended this long ago. The infam- uh, infection fatality rate for flu, 0.096%. The infection fatality rate for COVID, 0.096%. OK? The average age of death is 82. Like, I'm probably closest in room to room that age, but maybe not. But, like, sort of people die at 80. But the average age of death, of a COVID death, is 82. Life expectancy is 81, so it's get COVID and live longer. <laughs> 80, and this is an easy number for you to remember. That's why I don't have a PowerPoint, actually, and I keep doing that. I'm sorry, but like, it sounds a bit like British Rail uh, when there were trains. 80% of deaths, 80% of deaths are in the over-80s, 90% of whom had a comorbidity. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if I was devising a policy to protect the people, I wouldn't be spending $400 billion on young, healthy children. I might be spending it on trying to protect those that need it, which is what the Great Barrington Declaration said. Protect those that need protection. It's called focus protection. You could also look up Professor Ian Addis's. Um, he's got precision shielding. Or Dr Katz, who does total harm minimization, which actually mean what they say in the 10. So going to the children, which is where I started, Children have only got a 99.9973 survival chance. My goodness me. Why? And that's hence the title of my article. Why are vaccinating children? 99.9973. Now, I can rest assu- you can rest assured that all our politicians know these numbers, as long as they read their mail, that is. The number of deaths of healthy children in the United States Zero. In Scotland? Zero. In the Republic of Ireland? Zero. And yet we're vaccinating them. Even if it was moral to inject a child to protect someone else for the first time in history. No it isn't moral but even if it were. Children do not transmit it This is from Public Health England. You'd think they would be the body advising the government, wouldn't you? They aren't taking it home and then transferring it to their community. These kids have very little capacity to infect the household members. So they don't die. They don't get sick. They don't transmit it to anybody else. So let's ruin their lives. Now, try saying that to an education board, of course, doesn't go down well. But your parents, I'm sure, that don't die, that don't get sick, that don't transmit it to anybody else. 9,846,000 school days were lost in England for healthy children. Same proportion here, Ninety-eight point four, I think it was. Nothing wrong with them. Didn't even test positive. The others didn't get to go to hospital. They were a bit sick, you know, like children got sick. The ICVI that was referred to are actually advised against this. So the government sets up an agency to advise them. It advises don't vaccinate children. Chief medical officers connected to Imperial College that was mentioned earlier. Yes, yeah, indeed. So is Professor Young. Yeah, sure. Overruled them. Overruled them. I'll rock, rock on here. So the number of deaths. So people are not dying from COVID. People, say that out there because you get executed. They are dying with a positive test for COVID. Mm-hmm. The misleading registering and reporting of deaths whereby cancer deaths, road deaths, natural deaths are all reported as now well known. The number of deaths from, from COVID alone in Northern Ireland, the Northern Health Trust, since January 2020, of this deadly virus, five. Five. The number of deaths in Northern, I- source, by the way, Northern Health Trust. The number of deaths in Northern Ireland from a deadly virus since January 2020, 170. Source: Department of Health. The number of excess deaths, I think it was Ireland uh, says this, the number of excess deaths in Northern Ireland since January 2020? Zero. Zero. The line is flat. Unbelievable. So what about safety? Don't, these are not all pages, by the way. Some of them are empty. Uh, <laughs> Just thought I'd match everybody else that'd come up here, you know, and bring some, <laughs> some empty pages. Uh, it's definitely not safe for all those people that you've heard about who are not being treated. Definitely not safe for them. Professor Carl Sikora, certainly the UK's, if not the world's leading cancer specialist, has estimated between thirty and 50,000 extra cancer deaths because they're not being diagnosed, treated. It's outrageous. Surely, children have a six times higher chance of being hospitalized due to heart issues and COVID. No wonder they're having trouble getting them to sign up. Deaths in under 19s are up by 63% since the vaccination program started. And you must have seen the number of footballers and sports people that have fallen over. Nobody asked why. Sergio Aguera, perfectly hit. International star fell over. There was one, two the other day in the English League. Four is the average number of footballers that die on a football pitch. It's 21 and rising. I heard 108 the other day. 108 the other day. Four is the average. And Professor Craig. Uh, from P, referring to PHA, it's not called Public Health England any longer. Uh, yeah, UK health, HSA. Health and security. Uh-huh, I like the word security, it's a nice word there. Uh, case rates per 100,000 are doubling in the vaccinated. Now, this, this, the next, I'm, I'm going to, people sort of did some of my data and I'm going to come back to that. If you're thinking there saying, sitting there thinking, who are they? Well, let's listen to what world leaders say. But before doing that, this is a fellow that sat on the FDA committee who passed the passed the thing for five to eleven year olds coming to a school near you, by the way. Um, this is what he said. And I heard him. We're never going to learn how safe the vaccine is with children unless we start giving it. Like, I thought that was their job to see if it was safe. We are never going to learn how safe it is. Like, what? So a whole array. So he's on the committee. I don't have to tell you. Over half the FDA are sponsored. Dr. Malone, had you heard about the inventor? the largest experiment performed in human beings in the history of the world. My goodness. Professor Jean-Michel Claverly, an international renowned, disastrous consequences for our children. Dr. McCulloch that you heard, the leading heart specialist in America, one is more likely to die after the vaccine than if you just take their choice with foregoing the vaccine getting COVID. Statistically, in every age group, that's the case, especially for children. The vaccines at this point have amounted to record mortality and injury, and should be considered unsafe and unfit for human use. That's some statement, isn't it? The data demands relentless and unbreakable resistance, to vaccinations for children. Bhakti, Professor Bhakti. We're horribly worried that there's going to be an impact on fertility. There are no words that I can describe this. It's simply one of the greatest crimes imaginable. Dr. Sucharad Bakhti. A Nobel Laureate. Uh, laureate. Uh, it's insanity. These are men usually with careful words. He calls it insanity. He's a Nobel laureate. It's insanity. Someone mentioned there about COVID. It's 21st in the list of things killing us. Back to the facts, (coughs) protect the NHS, full of COVID patients. The NHS has led with that headline for 13 years in succession. We've heard the stats, so who's in those beds? Um, there is generally a five-fold increase in respiratory pathogenic admissions to hospitals at this time of year. Fivefold, normally. That's just what's happened. Most of the patients designed as designated as COVID patients are, in fact, in hospital for another reason. Source frontline ICU consultant okay so you've heard about the no access desk who's in the beds only five percent of the hospital beds in the UK are occupied by COVID patients five percent that's source NHS in Wales seven percent of the inpatients are COVID and only twelve percent of those are unvaccinated. That's 1% in the entire population in Wales, entire hospital population. In England, fewer than 30% of the admissions are unvaxxed. And in Northern Ireland in the past month, the 109 in ICU, the unvaccinated account for under half, and it's All those professors say the bias will be in towards the vaccinated people because the graphs are getting worse for the vaccinated and better for the unvaccinated. And I'm nearly there. So is it working? 80% of the country is vaccinated. It's working well, isn't it? Cases are still rising, even with masks. So if the v- masks work, why would you need a vaccine? If vaccines work, why would you need a mask? If they both work, why are the cases rising? But does no one except us stop and ask for this? The most highly vaccinated countries, you all know this, I think, Israel, Ireland, Gibraltar, with about 90% odds vaccinated, all of the highest case rates, <coughs> and nobody stops to say, hey, Ireland is the highest in Western Europe, incidentally. Uh, case rate rises, that's what I mean. So, just to more or less wrap it up, the data showed there was no need at all. It's clear. It's flu, or it has the same IFR as flu. All right, it's not flu, it's the same IFR as flu. It's not safe, and it's not working. Now, I don't see how you could put another interpretation of the facts in this. And just one, two small points, going back to the PCR thing. It's a, PCR is like your tumble dryer. The faster it goes around, the more things it squeezes out, squeezes out. The inventor Mullis, Dr Mullis, won the Nobel Prize, says, as you heard, it doesn't actually detect it. But if it's going to, it will detect at 25 cycles. All the rest of it, including Professor Lambert, head of infectious diseases in the Republic with a great report. He said it doesn't work. Professor Heinegan told the Science and Technology Committee at Westminster it doesn't work. I listened to him, you can do this when you're retired. We are using 40 to 45 cycles. Now, who changed it? The WHO, which you'd say, changed it on January the 15th this year. And our health service hasn't done so. And I've been unable to get an answer from them. So it's the same thing. 5,000 you needed, we're testing for four. And the cycles are all wrong. Just a word about masks. What can you do? You can say no. The minister's letter makes it quite clear that you as a parent can say no masking my children. I have it in writing from them. And it was a him when I got it, all right? But the the rules are quite clear. Your child cannot be excluded from anything, or your grandchild, from anything, if they don't want to wear a mask. And this is the one place where parents can count. They don't have to wear it. It's not legal. They can't be sent home, and they can't be excluded. This is the one place where all parents can make a difference. A big difference. And by the way, no risk assessment. As a head teacher, I can't take a child across a road without a risk assessment. But hey, we can put a mask around them for six hours a day. I can imagine. Can you, if I had gagged your child because they were noisy in my school? <laughs> what? But the government can do it for six or seven hours and not carry out a risk assessment. Unbelievable. Thank you for listening, thank you.